What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the common man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah, on this beautiful Sunday night, here to bring you the best of the best fantasy content that we have available to help you win any playoff matchup that you have going on this week. Noah, what is cooking, my guy? I'm feeling pretty good, Colin. Um, yeah, first off, yeah, I think yeah. I think I'll just say sorry. Uh, you know, you tried your best, little guy, but uh, unfortunately, I had to hand you the L in our points league playoffs this week. See, see, here's the thing, Noah. Noah, and and I know you, you want to act all tough and mighty, and and I give you all the props in the world for picking up the dub because it was well deserved. But we both know that this was the championship week, even though it was week one of three. You beat me. There's nobody left to beat. I mean, for the sixth straight week now, you and I have had the highest scores in our entire league. And uh, Deer and Fox being absent from my lineup, you know, that just tipped the edge. That was it. That was what, you know, killed my chances at becoming... Back to back champions of our fantasy points league. Am I sad about it? Yes, but I'm not as upset about my uh, about the points loss to you as I am about my categories loss. No, can I vent to you about my categories loss? Because you know, not just you, but the listeners as well, about how stupid it was. No, because I'm in the championship right. of the categories league too, Colin. Mm-hmm. I could go two for two here. Would you respect me then? No, because I don't respect anybody in the categories league because of I would have won categories. But for the listeners at home, uh, riddle me that. So my categories team uh, was missing from the lineup this week, and we only had a one week. This wasn't a two week type deal. No, 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 no it was a two week type two deal. Weeks. It was a two week type deal. Um, but for for the entirety of the two weeks. Which exacerbates my problem even more. I was missing James Harden, Donovan Mitchell, Zach Levine. For they didn't play a single game throughout the, the course of those two weeks. And then on top of that, Mike Conley and Jeremy Grant was sat every other game. I don't know how the hell I, I went four and five. I made it right there. I was right there. I made it. I made it as close as I possibly could. You know, I used every single one of the fourteen waiver wire pickups that I was allowed to do, and it just wasn't enough when you are missing five of your six best players for pretty much every single game. I was still right there. Hey, so at least you went I down just, swinging. I, you know, I don't respect it. I went down swinging hard. I went down swinging hard, and you know, will I respect you if you go for two for two? Sure. Uh, but it's because you won in points. I don't respect anything you do in categories because you and I both know. I've been the hottest it had team my in category categories. Team. I'm no, playing my best I've ball right now. Categories. Oh, my God, dude. Whoa. I was dusting the floor right, in Wait, categories. are you in the championship? Nobody... Oh, my God, you fucking. I'm playing you the world's yeah, smallest yeah, yeah, yeah. violin right now. Get all the tears uh, yeah, out, yeah, okay, Colin. I. Colin, I'm going to avenge you in both categories Whatever. and points leagues. I'll be playing the rest over. of the season I'm over. in your honor. I'm over it. I'm over it. Um, you know, you know, no, here's the thing. Have you ever won a fantasy basketball league before? Because I have. Not one that we've been oh, in together. You sound pretty silent over that. No, that, yes, the one that we've been in together. I'm actually the only person that's ever won it. 
Fully. I personally want to thank Kevin Porter Jr. for having an 82-point fantasy game this week, so dropping 50 points in real life. Um, you know, he may have saved my season, so I want to personally congratulate that man on both balling out in Houston and for saving my fantasy year. And I also want to give a shout-out to your boy, Colin Luca. Um, he generously sat one of the games this week out of his five games that I had to play against him. And... I just want to thank him for being so generous and thankful towards me. And, yeah, it was an honor playing you, Colin. Psych. Too easy. I... Shout out Kim Birch. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I made money on Top Shot this week for the first time. Like, oh, month, let's go. So that's fine. <laughs> so that's I'll take that. I'll win it all for you, Colin. Don't worry. Both okay. leagues. I'm gonna I'm gonna land a LeBron serial number twenty three highlight tomorrow. Pretty pumped about it. The vibes are gonna be very sad next week if I lose both matchups. I will celebrate so hard. Yeah. I see. I don't care. You should win categories. You be watching from the bench. Points of the points league you still have two more weeks okay. you know you, you could run into you could run into Mr. Uh, Mr. Barnholio the Barnholios had a very nice week he's week. got a good team Con, uh, now that your fantasy season is officially over is Jaron Jackson Jr. your biggest regret from the season uh yeah yeah mm-hmm because if at any point I had decided to just drop Jaron Jackson Jr. and cut ties, I wouldn't have had to have the number six seed despite being the fourth highest scoring team by a landslide. Uh, people forget the top four teams in our category in our points league scored far and away more points than every other team in the entirety of the league. And had I been smart and just cut Jaron pretty early on, I think I would have been able to get one or two more dubs and not have to be the number six seed and face you in first round. Uh, because this back half of the season, I think, you know, maybe next to you, my team was the hottest team on the market. And, you know, I was going to beat everybody I was playing this week. So everybody else besides you. So, yeah, I, I'm going to give it to Jaron. Thank you for the compliment, dude. That wasn't a compliment. That was a no, thanks, dude. You don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to say anything I, more. I, I felt it all in what you said. But, you know, Colin, your season may be over. He's playing well now, too, right? <laughs> like, that's what pisses me off. <laughs> well, Colin, while your season may be over... We probably have plenty of listeners that are much better at fantasy basketball than you that are still in their championship week, if not in the first week of their two-week championship matchup. And I think we as podcasters, Con, have a duty to supply these people with their with the info for this week. Do you agree, loser? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> should, we, should we give it to them, Con? Should we start with the schedule analysis? Loser. Yeah, we can start with a schedule analysis, I guess. Whatever. Whatever. We'll get into it. Alrighty. For the schedule analysis this week, 
for what is officially the 19th week of fantasy basketball. It's pretty impressive, Noah. 19 weeks we've been doing this. That's a lot of weeks. I wish it wasn't ending soon. I'm just hitting my mid-season form. I know. We, like, really understand what we're doing at this point, which is, you know, it's impressive. Uh, But you know what's also impressive, Noah? The fact that the Detroit Pistons are going to play five games this week. And that it really comes down to the Pistons at this point in the fantasy season as being the most valuable uh team in terms of assets that you can pick up is it's an interesting one because you don't know what to expect out of them so we're going to explain that one but to start off the schedule analysis we would like to reiterate the idea that the detroit pistons are playing five games this week no do you hear me are the detroit pistons uh playing five games this week are they pretty valuable they're playing five games this week colin which makes them pretty valuable at this point and you don't know what? They're the only team to do so. That sounds mighty tasty to someone who's still in their fantasy league playoffs. Mm, yeah, that's pretty. Sh- you're throwing a lot of shade right there, and I didn't respect it. And I'm going to let you know that I didn't respect it. And also that I hate you. So, obviously, we have the Pistons. They're playing five games this week. Most teams, 20 teams this week, are playing four games. So I'm not going to bother reading you that whole list. I'm just going to tell you who's playing three games this week. It's it's important to understand who they are. They hold less of a candle to every other team in the league. You have to be cognizant of who they are. And you got to look at your team before the fantasy week starts and understand... You know, if I'm holding the guy on one of these teams, they're they're not maximizing my schedule the way that other players will be, and maybe there's potential that they should be dropped. So, teams with only three games in Week 19 Fantasy Basketball Playoffs, we have the Hawks, the Celtics, the Nets, the Rockets, the Clippers, the Heat, the Bucks, the Timberwolves, and the Raptors. Only playing three games this week. Be very cognizant of that. Alright? Everybody else playing four. Something I wanted to say, Colin, is you know, this could be the last week of a lot of people's seasons. And just for Mm -hmm. example, Colin, a team like Milwaukee plays their last game of the week on Friday. So if you're in your last matchup of the season, do you just drop Giannis, Chris Middleton, whatever players you have from the books? the Bucks, because they're essentially done for the rest of your season. Yeah, I mean, if this is your last week of the the playoffs, you, you pull out all the stops. I mean, nobody needs Giannis. Nobody's going to benefit from having Giannis on their team Saturday or Sunday, especially if there's uh, no game come Monday. You do what you got to do. You maximize these matchups. You figure out who on the Pistons you can freaking, uh, you know, run with. And you make it. You make it a championship run. Yeah, that was a that was something I just like, why haven't I thought of that? Because, um, yeah, if the Bucks are done playing on Friday, there's no reason to hold on to Giannis or any of their high-key players anymore. 
uh, you might as well go out there and get guys who are actually going to play Saturday, Sunday, and get some points to really maximize the value you can get this week. So that's another thing to be Absolutely. cognizant of, these teams who play three games. Absolutely. Um, getting, Absolutely. Getting into the rest of the schedule, Colin, it's kind of a weird week. Um, number of teams playing each day. On Monday, we have 16. On Tuesday, we have 14. On Wednesday, we have 18. On Thursday, we have 14. On Friday, we have 20. On Saturday, we have 14. And on Sunday, we have 16. So every day of this following week is going to have between 7 and 10 games. So there's really not a week a week link day in this week that um, most fantasy managers would be looking to take care of. Therefore, you kind of, I think you kind of have to look at this week split into the early week and late week to really um, maximize your pickups and your acquisitions. And that leads me into my back-to-backs mm-hmm. this week. Um, on Monday, Tuesday, we're looking at Detroit, Golden State, and the Pelicans. On Tuesday, Wednesday, we're looking at Cleveland, Milwaukee, Phoenix, Sacramento. On Wednesday, Thursday, we're looking at Atlanta, Indiana, Memphis, Washington. On Thursday, Friday, we're looking at Charlotte, Chicago, Dallas, Lakers. On Friday, Saturday, we're looking at Denver, Houston, Philly, Portland, the Spurs, and Utah. On Saturday, Sunday, Detroit with another back-to-back OKC. And then on Sunday, Monday, we're looking at the Cavs and the Pelicans. And something to note this week for um, guys who are playing on the Pistons, you know, they're super valuable this week. They have two back-to-backs. Some guys may sit those games. I could see Mason Plumlee probably sitting both, if not at least one of the games on the nights they have back-to-backs. Um, same thing mm-hmm. with Corey Joseph. just mm-hmm. And that really just um, enhances those other guys that are on Detroit that are going to um, play all five games this week. So that's something to look out yeah. when you're looking for Pistons to pick up this week. Well, and obviously he's not a guy you're picking up, but I'm going to say the same thing about Jeremy Grant. He's been sitting every other game for the past two weeks now. There's no way he's planning back-to-backs. He's going to pick one to play and the other to sit. And, you know, if you're a Jeremy Grant holder, you really got to take that into consideration, especially in a winner-take-all scenario, do-or-die type week. Yeah, totally. Uh, especially when you could look at people... When you could pick up someone else on Pel- on Detroit and get equal value out of them playing five games versus Jeremy Grant playing three games. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely don't be afraid to drop anyone at this point in the season. It's We're too far gone for you to be scared at this point. Um, you got to go get that dub. You know, I had to drop James Harden last week. Was it tough? Yeah. Did I do it? Also, yeah. <clears throat> Didn't it suck? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah you know the worst reminder was every single day when I went for categories to try to win rebounds and I would click like sort by rebounds because I just needed people who could rebound and James Harden was always still number one he was still the best rebounder out of everybody that I could have possibly picked up it's just that he uh, can't play right now god he's so good for categories beast should he should he have been the number one pick yeah i mean it 
prior to the season, if you were to tell me that Jokic was going to do what he's, he ended up doing, I uh, would have had a tough time believing you. But telling me what James Harden did this season, I would absolutely believe you. And James Harden led me to the number one seed in our categories league, and I'm not going to regret that for a single second. And you shouldn't. Uh, you know, value and effort on your part, Kong. You just came up a little short, little guy, but it's fine. No, I'm so tall, dude. You moron. I'm the tallest person I know. And uh, before we get to our picks for this week, Con, I just wanted to get to the teams who play on the low-volume game days. Um, as I already said, the Pistons, they, they play on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. The Warriors, who play four games this week on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So really nicely spread out. The Thunder play four games this week after a five-game week last week, Colin, and they play on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. And then the Nets and the Raptors both play on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and that's all three of their games for the week. So I actually think they're kind of valuable yeah. for the latter half of the week. And yeah, that's yeah, the schedule for this week, Colin. It's a, it's a weirdly balanced-out schedule. You probably won't have a lot of it days is. where... Your team doesn't have a lot of guys, but you also won't have a lot of days where your lineups are maxed out. Um, so you're going to have a lot of flexibility exactly. this week, which, you know, sometimes having too many options is a bad thing, Colin, but hopefully we can steer you guys through making the right decisions. Yeah, that's why you have us, because we tell you who to pick. We tell you who to pick. And, Noah, I would like to for you to tell me who I should pick. And so why why don't you start off with this uh, Isaiah character that you mentioned to me before the podcast started. I'd like to hear more about him, even though I have no stake anymore in NBA Fantasy Basketball. Yeah, you know, Colin, you were, um, you were looking for a rebounder, and I guess I should have wrote about this guy last week, um, and he could have been someone you could have picked up because I actually picked him up today. Um, and that is Isaiah Stewart, who's currently 36% roster on ESPN. Uh, as we already said, Plumlee super unlikely to play all five games this week, so Stewart to me is a must-have pickup. Uh, we actually wrote about him like mm-hmm. three weeks ago, Colin, um, so we are ahead of the curve. And he's been an absolute fantasy yes, beast since we last wrote about him. Um, in his last nine games, he's averaging 11 points on 54% field goal shooting, 7.7 rebounds, 1 steal, and 3.3 blocks in 27 minutes a night. Um, this is good enough to make him a top 20 fantasy player in the last week and a top 50 for the last month, um, which really shows how consistent uh, Isaiah Stewart has really became wow. with his spot in Detroit. And to me, Colin, if Isaiah Stewart's still available in your league with the Pistons having five games this week, um, it's a league-winning move Must have to get this guy. It's a league-winning move. Uh, you know, just that's as simple wow. as it gets. I think Isaiah Stewart. That's bigger than a must-have. You shouldn't be able to have Isaiah Stewart at this point. I was super surprised he was available in our category league, and he's going to help me out this week. As he should. That's his job. His job is to be there to help you. And you know what? Here's what I'll say. He's a killer player. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He has some nice averages. He's got a high floor, which honestly, Noah, do you value a high floor or a high ceiling more right now come playoff time? When, <clears throat> Yeah, at this point, 
Um, at the point we're in our fantasy basketball season, Isaiah Stewart's on one of my last two spots available on my team, which are both basically streaming spots. And I do think I value a floor at this point. Um, if he can be a near double double threat every night with a couple blocks, that's all I need at this point. At this point in the season, I'm not looking mm-hmm. for the next breakout star. I'm just looking for consistency. Who's going to play a lot of minutes and seems to fit that full bill. Yeah. Sounds like a guy spoken by a guy who's still winning his fantasy league and not sitting on the sidelines, but whatever, brosive. But I also agree with everything you just said about Isaiah Stewart. I'll take you out to dinner when we I win, Colin. On me. Alright, you owe me that much. So then, what do you think Isaiah Stewart is doing in his last uh, 10 games or so. You gave me nine games, and I'm going to switch it up on you. Uh, 13 points? No, I don't I'm know. kidding. Just this, is this is a joke. No, this is a joke from, from last episode when I read the exact same stats. Damn, good callback. Right? Yeah. If you listened... Two weeks in a row, you should probably be laughing pretty hard right now. <laughs> That's a real knee slapper. This is a this is a real joke right now. This is yeah, yeah. But I mean, at this point in the league, Noah, if you're finding a guy who has this type of production, it's uh, it's setting you apart. It it could really be the make or break move that you do to just jump up that one next level, get you some extra usage, get you some extra points, and you get the dub. Anything else to say about Isaiah? Nothing else to say about Isaiah Stewart. Um, I'm truly a big fan of him. Uh, That Detroit team's got a lot of talent, Colin, which leads us to our next player, I think. Colin, um, what do you got to say about this next fella, a guy we've already also talked about? Well, you know what? I'll tell you, he's only 20% rostered on ESPN. I'll start with that. If you're in four out of every five leagues... You can still get this guy. And this guy's name is Sadiq Bey. Sadiq Bey is an interesting one. You know? He uh, has been, seriously, probably the most consistent player for the Pistons so far this year. He's been in the starting lineup for 38 straight games, Noah. 38 straight games is tough to do for any team. And to do 38 straight games on a team as tumultuous as the Pistons, where they truly have no idea what their identity is. For a minute there, they were still trying to win. You know, you had Jeremy Grant doing whatever Jeremy Grant was doing. You had Blake Griffin, who really started off the season quite nicely, was doing a bit of everything. And at one point, you had Wayne Ellington, who couldn't miss. And then Wayne Ellington started to miss everything. It's been a very weird year for Detroit, and Sadiq Bey has been the one constant. 38 straight games, averaging over 30 minutes per game, and his season averages, he's doing 12 shots a game. He's putting up 15 points, 5.2 boards, 1.3 assists, 1.2 steals, and almost exactly three threes per game. 
and this is over his last 15 games, which is arguably more important. It's just it's just good numbers. I mean, yeah, I don't think there was a single bad number you just read there. Yeah, I mean, I look at that, you know, do I wish the assist numbers were a little bit higher? Yeah, sure, but I mean, everything else really makes up for it. I uh I would be all over that. All over that, especially categories. <laughs> And Especially categories. It's just oh, it's just good, clean numbers. You know, I had that same thought, Colin, when I was making this, and I actually went to our category league and filtered it by Detroit Pistons. Um, and as I already said, Isaiah Stewart was one of the guys I picked up. And believe it or not, Colin, mm-hmm. I also picked up Mr. Sadiq Bay for this week. Both available I in our categories league. I do believe you, actually. That does not surprise me. That you would have the savviness to do and pull off that kind of a move. You know, I'm just built different. Um, I love both of these picks, Uh... Colin. I love both of these picks. Uh, If you're listening to this right now and you have two streamable spots on your team, I would go pick up both of these guys right Mm now. And that's not even... We just wrote about these two guys, but I honestly really still like Killian Hayes. Um, a guy we're both pretty big mm-hmm. fans of, Con. Um, while he's had a pretty Love rocky him. year in terms of scoring Rookie and year. efficiencies, he's actually really come to light as a playmaker, which is what the Pistons originally drafted him for. It's what, um, you know, alerted us to him so much, Con, was how crafty and how good of a passer mm-hmm. he was. And over his last four games, Con, he's had 22 assists. And, you know... For a rookie, if he can establish himself in two to three categories where he's going to kill it every night, I still see that as good value. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if you're getting this guy right now, you, you're doing well for yourself. That's pretty much where it lands, right? Like, I don't see any any downside at this point, presuming that you at least have one or two major injuries to your team. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, should we get into our other non-Detroit Piston picks for this week, Colin? We should. We should. We should absolutely do that. My first guy, Colin, is I know someone that you're a pretty big fan of, and that is Mr. Marvin Bagley, who's currently 36.5% roster on ESPN right now. Um, mm-hmm. Bagley uh, probably got dropped when he fractured his finger. That kept him out for about six weeks. Um, so a lot of people probably mm-hmm. dropped him in your league. I'm surprised, honestly, that he's still 36% roster on ESPN. That seems a little high for a guy who hasn't played in so long. But he actually got back out on the court on Friday, Con, and had 11 points, 4 rebounds, 2 steals, and 1 assist in 21 minutes. Um, he's going to be playing more minutes as his conditioning gets back. He only injured his hand, so I really don't think it'll take that long for him to start playing more minutes. And before the injury, Bagley was kind of killing it um, in terms of what we've seen from him so far he had 14 straight games with double digit points while averaging 16.4 points and seven and a half rebounds in 27 minutes a game um and you know the kings don't really have a reason not to play this guy con uh i think there's still question marks surrounding marvin bagley and how really good he is and also the kings have question marks if he's really a part of their future 
uh, moving forward. And I think at this point in the season, he would be an awesome pickup if he could get back to around 16-7 and seven a game. And the Kings have two games against the Thunder this week. Uh, I know you're a pretty decent Marvin Bagley fan, Con. Uh, what do you think I about that? I have some that? opinions on this. You know, so here's what I say about Marvin Bagley is there's a reason he was taken second overall behind the likes of Trey Young, Luka Doncic, Jaron Jackson Jr., and it's because he still has extreme athleticism, even in comparison to the rest of the NBA players, that I've watched him utilize before. I don't think this injury will slow him down in that department, um, but his scoring has been fairly stagnant through his three seasons with Sacramento. I'd like to see him get more aggressive. I think that he has a shot in the 15 to 18 foot range that he frequently passes up on in favor of driving to the hoop contestedly driving the hoop for contested shots that are completely unnecessary in which he has the open 15 to 18 footer that if he was sinking consistently would just make him one of the biggest threats in the NBA so with all that said you know Developing a foot 15-footer is not all that tough. I think we can see him do it, and then I think we can see him and the Kings become what people have wanted the Kings to be for a couple years now, which is a fun team in the playoffs. Yeah. Do you think that Marvin Bagley's best role con is, you know, in Sacramento they play him next to Raquan Holmes, so Marvin Bagley's playing more of a four. Do you think that's his best role, Con? Is he a four, or is he more? would he more be suited to playing small ball five? Well, you know what, Noah? I'm going to counter back and ask you, does it really matter what the notation is of his job title? No, but basically what I'm asking is, do you want him playing next to another center that doesn't shoot? I think that Rashawn Holmes is one of the most underrated centers in the league right now. I I do believe that. He's a beast. I think that Bagley playing next to Holmes is only helping Bagley because it spreads the floor for him. I think that there's scoring opportunities that Bagley's missing out on because Holmes can get them himself and create that type of shot that Bagley could also create. But allowing Holmes to do that stuff that is fairly easily replaceable and allowing Bagley to grow in some of the the uh, the mid-range game, even the short-range game, like the 5-8 to eight footers, I think I've watched Bagley improve immensely on, which is going to be huge for a guy who people forget is still only 22 years old. It's not as though we can treat him as some washed-up Brian Scalabrini who's trying to make a name for himself. He's a legitimate basketball player who's young and has tons of room to grow. Pick him up on your fantasy team. I don't know what else to say. Damn. You might be Marvin Bagley's biggest fan, dude. He's got to get you in his inner circle. You could be his hype man. That's fine. I will keep doing it. Yeah, Bagley's such an interesting guy. You know, he's such a beast at Duke, and we haven't really... 
I thought athleticism was one of his biggest skills, Colin, and I feel like he never has a chance to ever show that off in the King system. Yeah, it's interesting. The the defensive schemes that different coaches run, I, I really didn't realize until this year how exactly that works out. Doesn't it feel like he should be, like, dunking on guys? Like, he should be getting posters out there. I think he's such an interesting player. I think his ceiling's still pretty high. But, you know, light's fading on that every day. Uh, But, yeah, he has one year left on his contract, Colin. Are you telling me, if you're the Kings, who are you moving forward with? If you have to make a decision, Raquan Holmes or Marvin Bagley for your future? Holmes. Holmes all the way. I'm in the same boat. Easily. I Holmes is one of the best defensive players in the league at the center position. Um, he covers a lot for Bagley. He really does. The The amount of floor that Bagley has to cover is significantly less because of Raquan Holmes' presence. Rashawn Holmes, too. It's not Raquan. Shout out Raquan Holmes. Okay. Shout out Rashawn Holmes. For being sick. No, let me ask you this. Do you think that Bagley's as scrutinized as he is if he doesn't get picked where he was in the draft? Like, if he was the number six guy, do you think people would be going, oh, ho, ho, look at what the Kings have? You know, that's a good question. I think, um, does he have, like, the equal amount of hype that he had during college? But he still goes sixth instead of second? Mm Mm-hmm. I think still yes. I think there were there was a lot of hype around Marvin Bagley, uh, Colin, as we both know, and he really hasn't lived up to any of it yet. But the scrutiny the Kings get and he get and he gets going right before Luka mm-hmm. Doncic. I mean, that's something that's never gonna escape him. As lo- like even if he plays super well and develops and ev- what everyone thought he would be, because he's never gonna be Luka. Yeah, it's kind. Of- it's kind of like the Bears trading up to take Trubisky. Hey, they got Justin Fields, though. Mahomes and Watson. Yeah, we did get Justin Fields. I love Fields. that move. I actually love that shout move. Out. It was a good move. It was a good move, and we built the offensive line, which is exactly what we needed to do. This is a moment to shout out the Chicago Bears because they did it right for the first time since Ryan Pace took over. Let's go. When I saw they traded up, I was like, let's go. They actually did something right. The first or the second time? The Well, clearly not the first time. But when they moved up to get Justin Fields, that was a big baller move. Yeah. It took guts. Uh, you know, the one thing I don't love is that it probably does give Nagy and Pace at least one more year to fuck yeah. this up in Chicago. But after that, we can uh, cut ties and, and really rock and roll from there. Alrighty. What if we were to talk about Lonnie Walker and what he could do for your fantasy team this year, Noah? I wouldn't would mind you, it. How would you feel about that? I wouldn't Alrighty. mind it. Alrighty, well, let's talk about him then. Lonnie Walker, currently about 8% rostered on ESPN. And where Lonnie so Walker's low. value really comes from, it's so low, is that Derek White's out for the rest of the season because of an ankle injury. Man. And Lonnie is basically going to take that rollover. 
Now, maybe not that role, but he's going to take those minutes over in large part, which is huge for a guy who we have seen the explosiveness from Noah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have watched this kid soar. Yeah, I feel like whenever Lonnie Walker gets an extended opportunity, either due to injury or just like when he has a moment to rise up, he's played pretty well, Colin. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some Lonnie Walker highlights, and there is oh my no God. doubt about it. The dude can ball. Do you the remember that dunk he almost ball. had where, like, he had the Nuggets bench going crazy? No, I don't. All right, well. He's he's freaky athletic. But, yeah, uh, you know, shout-out Derek White. He, had a, he was dealing with this ankle injury all year. He was still a fantastic fantasy player for me. And I'm pretty sad he got hurt. Um, he's an he's one of my favorite fantasy players, and honestly, basketball players. There was a reason he was on Team USA, because that's how good mm-hmm. he is. But yeah, tell me about Lonnie Walker, Colin. What's he doing? And now that Derek White's hurt, you know what? You know what? You know how I said he he's balling out before? Because when I said that, uh, that's because he's balling out, dude. So let me just read you. You know, some some stats. Walker before had averaged about 20 minutes a game in his previous 11, but in his two most recent games with Derek Wright for sure out, uh, he's played about 32 minutes while maintaining his usage rate of about 20%. In those two games, he's had an 18.3 rebound, one assist performance, and a 24 point four rebound, one assist performance. Those are, are both performances that I'm, I'd am i like to invest in. A guy who's averaging in true full minutes in a starting role, about 21 points, four boards, and then one assist. Ah, I like that. That's tasty. I, I like that a lot. And I, we've seen it before with this kid, you know? He can do a little bit of everything. He's dynamic when it comes close to the rim, but he still has an outside presence. You know, on the season, he's shooting about 38% from three. And it's not as though he's he's a schmuck from that range either. He's shooting about five a game. That's up. He's shooting about three more threes this year per game than he was last year. And is, you know, dipped a little bit in performance. Last year, he shot about 40%. This year he's shooting about 37%. Uh, so, uh, difference, but he's also taken way more. Um, and I think as we see him grow and continue to start and play these big minutes, those shots are going to come. People are going to start to respect him. He's a top-end scoring option for the Spurs, and he's somebody you're going to want to have on your fantasy team, and, and that's how I see it. Yeah, especially with the Spurs still competing for a playing spot. Uh, I think Lonnie's in for a really good run with them to show his upside. And he could provide you plenty of points, either in a points league or in a categories league. Oh, absolutely. There are points to be had with this young man. And there and only 7.9% rostered. That's a dirty that is, it's It's too little. It's too little. I mean, I don't... I don't care what type of league you're playing in. I mean, categories, points, he just does it. He does a little bit of everything. He struggles on the block department. That's really 
his biggest knock for me, but he shoots the ball pretty well, efficiency-wise. You know, sometimes he'll have his struggles from the outside, but he's able to get it done near the rim, and uh, I like Lonnie Walker a lot. Shout-out Lonnie. Shout-out Spurs. And that's the other thing. Coming down the, the stretch, the Spurs have a very vested interest in the outcome of their games, which I do think will make... Mm-hmm. Lonnie Walker play quite a bit harder. Yeah, I I I love Lonnie Walker this week, uh, but I think there's one guy I like a little more, Colin, and that is uh, it's a little it. bit of a homer pick. It's a pacer, but it's not a household oh, name pacer, and that is O'Shea Brissett, who's currently 27 percent roster on ESPN. Um, he's a recent pickup made by the Pacers, uh, who is now starting mm-hmm. due to multitude of injuries on the Pacers teams. Um, He started six straight games. He's averaging 15 points, nine rebounds, one steal, and 1.4 blocks. But in his most, in his three most recent games, Colin, he's had four blocks, three blocks, and five blocks. Um, He's averaging 25 minutes in those six games played. And with Miles Turner, pretty unlikely to play the rest of the regular season. I think Brissett is worth taking a super low risk. Um, he even played with Domas, and I was kind of worried about what that kind of what that would look like, but it looked fine. Uh, we destroyed the Thunder. We were up sixty-seven mm-hmm. on them at one point, and yeah, I think Brissett should be rostered. I think he's going to play big minutes for us. Um, we're going to play the most depressing ten seed playoff uh, playing spot game probably I ever. Love it. But the Pacers have four games against bottom ten defenses this week, so I think Percet that's could be an absolute good. monster for you this week. There's nothing better than seeing that you are playing a team with a god awful defense. Yeah, because you know you can just run on them. Everybody's you run and you score, and it's just it's a good old time. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Wow. That's all our guys wow. for this week, Con. I think we came pretty proper. That was a really good list. I, I, I do think we came pretty proper, and I think that the list is much less extensive come this time of year than it has been in the past just because uh, lists are thin, Noah. Lists are definitely thin, and, and people yeah. are really starting to pay attention to waiver lists and waiver wires and really trying to maximize their playoff rosters. Uh, but with that said, you know, no, we still have some guys left that, you know, you can maybe give a sentence or two about. So let's just go down the line and and you tell me how you think, where you think this guy's fantasy value is at. Does that sound okay? Yeah. Alrighty, Josh Jackson out of the Pistons. Um, I put him on there because Pistons five games. Uh, Josh Jackson consistently plays around like 28 minutes a game but where he's not consistent is the counting stats he'll give you every night um Mm -hmm. he's worth the risk this week he's still playing five games he'll probably play all five games but i wouldn't expect the world out of him fair enough tim tebow oh sorry he's playing football again that's tight end reading the reading yeah reading the long list uh killian hayes uh, we already talked about him. He's probably my third favorite piston to pick up this week. He's going to get you assists. Mm-hmm. He's going to get you steals. But he's a pretty inefficient scorer at this point. Um, 
So if yeah, you're punting field goal already, you could pick up Killian Hayes five games. Hey, that's who I said would win rookie of the year. Uh, Derek Rose, still Ooh. floating around on some fantasy. He's kind of been killing it. There. Been killing it. And I, I don't really know why he's not rostered in most leagues at this point. But yeah, uh, he's been doing pretty good things for the Knicks. And wow, Colin, the Knicks. Like what a season, man! They might they might be the storyline of the year. I'm actually pretty happy. I hate the Knicks. Damn, really? I think I'm just this is like. Come out and say it. I hate the Knicks. I didn't think I have not liked the Knicks in the past. Um, I had a pretty big vendetta against them when the Pacers and them were playing in the playoffs, but I actually like this uh-huh. Knicks team. Simp. And they're it's kind of simp. It's kind of just because they're a Thibodeau team. Like Thibodeau teams are kind of hard fair. to hate. I do love Thibodeau teams. They just they they play good basketball. That's yeah. really what they do. They play good. They play hard. Alrighty, Frank Jackson. Um, he's another guard on the Pistons. Uh, I think Corey Joseph will play this week, but I think he's gonna sit out both back to back. So that really makes Frank Jackson valuable. Um, I don't think he's a guy you pick up and keep mm. for the whole week. But if they come out and say Corey Joseph isn't gonna play in a back to back, you should definitely pick. Frank Jackson up. He's a worth a look. Fair enough. Sabin Lee. Another guard on the Pistons uh, for when Corey Joseph sits. Well, of course. This is all you have to say about Sabin. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Fair enough. Sorry, Sabin. Kent Bazemore. Yeah, so I have a run of um, a couple Warriors players here, and Kelly Oubre was reportedly playing through a torn wrist ligament con slash hand fracture and he's nuts and he can't play through it anymore i guess the pain's too bad so he's gonna be evaluated um further at Mm -hmm. some point in this week which i think makes a bunch of guys on the warriors worth a look um just on my list Mm -hmm. at kent Bazemore, jordan pool kavon looney uh juan toscano anderson a guy we've already talked about like three times before he's probably gonna be a pretty valuable asset at this point um, mm-hmm. All of those guys could potentially prove to be worthy assets of picking up this week. Worthy adversaries is what you're saying. Yeah. enough. Okay, so you touched on Poole. You touched a little bit on Kavan Looney. Did you touch on Juan Toscano-Anderson? Yeah. He should probably – he's probably the guy you pick up first out of all four of those guys. Yeah, definitely. All right, so then we move to Isaiah Roby. Who is an interesting name, but he wanted to come see you, Mama. Yeah, we um kind of gave the whole Thunder roster a deep dive last week because they had five games. But I wrote Isaiah Roby, Moses Brown, and Theo Maladon all down again because the Thunder still play four games this week, even after a five-game week last week. And they also play on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, which encapsulates three of the low-volume game days of next week. So they're guys you might already have on your roster uh, from last week, and I think any of those guys could be worth picking up for this week. Very true, very true. Artie, tell me about uh, Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown's a forward on the Nets. Um, He's actually a player I like. He's pretty gritty. He shoots threes. He plays defense, exactly what the Nets need. And the Nets have three games this week, which may not be the most favorable, but they play on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, all of the low-volume game days. And I think him, 
Jeff Green and Landry Shamit are all uh, worth giving a look this week. I think. I think they. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah, I like the Nets players this week. My next Already, two guys, um, Colin, two guys I utilized against you last week, Ken Burch say. and Malachi Flynn. Uh, Malachi Flynn had negative points today. You see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did not come through today, but Ken Burch came through for show. Uh, yeah, he played five he's big, games. He's big, he's big. I think he dropped like 130 points this week. That's huge. Uh, Artie, then Justin Holiday. Yeah, this Justin the, Holiday on the waivers. The bottom of the list. Uh, I'll just read through it real quick. It's Justin Holiday, Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark, Rui Hachimura, Davis Bertans, Josh Richardson, Dorian Finney-Smith, Kyle Kuzma, Lou Williams, your boy Grayson Allen. Desmond Bain and Alex Lynn. Uh, we talked about all these guys before, but I think they're worth giving a look this week. And that wraps it, Con. That's the end of my list. I like it. I like it, dude. Oh, playoffs in the regular season in the NBA starting to come to an end. It's sad. Mostly sad because I'm not in the playoffs. Uh, but we keep putting out some stellar advice and some killer lists, Noah. I mean, not to pat yeah. ourselves on the back, but, you know, we're still in it. We're still winning it, and I'm pumped to be still doing some bench shatter content at May. It's May now. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy, uh, dude. We started crazy. this journey back in December. That's crazy. And, you know, if you're a listener of us who – like our fantasy basketball content and might be sad that uh, me and Colin might be lacking on some of the fantasy content during the off offseason. Uh, no need to worry. You know, we're going to be pushing Don't out worry. content still. Um, we'll probably make weekly episodes talking about the playoff uh, previews. Every week we'll still have a Wednesday mm-hmm. episode. And then, really, we're into the draft. Um, you can make fantasy content during the draft because these rookies are going to be getting picked in your fantasy drafts. And then... You know, Colin, there's not a big gap between the finals and the start of the season, honestly. So we'll be hitting you with yeah. preseason content. And then, boom, we're right back at the start of the next fantasy season, Colin. And I'm really you know, looking forward beauty, to it. The beauty of the NBA is that the NBA never sleeps. Yeah. 11 out of the 12 months of the year include in some fashion or another NBA content. Whether it's the draft, whether it's the playoffs, whether it's the regular season – whether it's free agency, there's always drama to be had, and we can always have opinions. My opinions are are not few and far between. They are, they are many and very close together, and I'm willing to come on the air and say them. So I'll keep doing so about every Wednesday. Sounds good to me. I'm here for it, Colin. All right. And I hope the listeners in, are dude. too. Let's go. Alrighty, well that about wraps it up for this Sunday episode. Catch us next Sunday for one of our very final fantasy episodes for the 2020-2021 season. It'll be very exciting. It'll be heartwarming. It'll be thrilling. There will be tears. There will be laughter. And we're just excited to bring it to you. So stay tuned for that. And uh, we'll catch you guys later. Thank you for listening. Peace out.